You're listening to The Art of Business with Jake Lee and Brian Arisal. What's new with you? Oh, man. What's new with me? I did the... What did I do? North Carolina? You did that rally con. Fucking hell. How was it? It feels like it was so long ago. It's okay. Got a speeding ticket. Yeah? (laughs) So I kind of fucked up a little bit. But um, I should still be fine after I pay that off. I'm still in the black, right? You want to be in the black? Red's bad. The green? Green's cash. Okay, but I mean, that's not... When we're talking about ledgers and stuff, Yeah, you yeah. don't write with a green pen. Why would you be writing with a green pen? Do you even own a green pen? No. I didn't think so. <laughs> I think it's black. I might, have, black. I might have a green jelly roll pen somewhere. Mm. Remember those? 2003? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good year. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was good. I, I didn't know that it was the first year of them doing that show there. Like, they're a, a Florida staple. Okay. They've been doing them for like five or six years in Florida, and they're just getting bigger and bigger every year in Florida. So those were their first time going out of state, trying a new market. They picked North Carolina, I assume, because of uh, Heroes Con, which is huge. It's like in the top ten so shows in the U.S. So trying to like compete against it? Not necessarily compete against it, but since that has such a big draw and there's not really many conventions in North Carolina, I think they were trying to pull some of that revenue from it. All right. That makes um, sense. Yeah, they did it like... A month after Heroes Con, so just still kind of bankroll a little bit off of that success. I don't know how that does. Like, I always kind of feel like you might want to do it like on the opposite month of whatever that big con is. So like, people are wanting a con because yeah. like, you do one con, you go to one con in like March, and then the next one is like April or May. It's like I already went to one. You might be already like kind broke. of burnt. Yeah, broke right, and <laughs> right, out, right. Know? So. I mean, it, it helped that Heroes Con's in Charlotte, Supercon is in Raleigh. So there's a good distance distance between the two. So was it um, attendance-wise pretty packed? Yeah, attendance was pretty solid. They had a really great guest list of people there. Uh, a lot of wrestlers, because oh, it's in North them. Carolina, yeah. which is a big wrestling uh, state. Um, yeah, a lot of good artists. The, the booth spaces were fairly cheap. Um, Artist Alley was like 150 or something. So, how was the uh, actual convention center? Was it nice? It was kind of wonky. Yeah. Because it, it, you know, entrance level obviously on the the ground floor. Yeah. But the con was on like two floors down. Ooh. So you had to take escalators, and then they were just the load in load out was just a pain in the ass because they could only allow x amount of cars obviously um so i just got impatient like i do and just hauled it hauled it by hand yeah six trips so i'm gonna get a hand cart soon yeah (laughs) um i think i learned that from you yeah a hand cart yeah that's a necessity i remember when we uh i remember when we were hauling to motor city yeah and we were doing hand. We like parked kind of farther, not that far, but a little far. A trek. Yeah. Yeah. And we were like, "What we want to do is li- like as little amount of trips as possible." And so we kept stacking stuff on top of stuff. And I just remember I was like hauling, I was like holding stuff. And this one dude, I was like, "Do you need some help?" Because I had like three boxes 
Yeah. And I think I, I, I would estimate it's probably like 70 or 80 pounds because I had like my two green tubs on top of each other and then like one of my wooden crates where all the prints were. Just teetering. Yeah, just te- holding yeah. it. And like I, every like 10, 20 steps, I would have to sit down and like move my fingers because they became so violently red and like purple. <laughs> in five seconds. Yeah, in five seconds. Yeah. Um, but we did that. Yeah, yeah. I Well, you know, I'm stubborn. Um, and I don't, mm-hmm. I don't like to accept help, even from a hand cart. Even from a hand cart. <laughs> so, I, yeah. Hopefully you will. So, it was a three-day convention, right? Three-day con. Sunday, they, they fucked up the hours. Because they, I think they forgot to market the early entry. Okay. The VIPs. Yeah, so they had to, like, compensate for that time. Yeah. So, Sunday was over at, like, 6.30? That's really late. It's a bizarre time too. Like it's well, usually, cut off is five. Whatever on Sunday, whatever ends at a thirty-minute mark too. Well, remember, I forget, I'm not. I don't remember which convention. If I did remember, I'd just say just a convention. Yeah. But I remember like one, like started at like nine, and I or maybe eight thirty or something. It was one of the last ones I did, and I just remember I was like, no one's gonna get here till like ten or eleven. Yeah. Because there's just like like. I don't even want to say it's like an unspoken rule, but it's just like a more of a, like all the conventions do it where it's like, yeah, it's from 10 to 6 on like, you know, Friday or Saturday and then Sunday it's an hour early so people can pack up and get where they need to go. Exactly. Yeah. Well, the the hours were long too. Like Friday and Saturday were over at 7 o'clock. So they were long ass hours and everybody was just ready to go by Sunday because since it was a first year con, you were getting a, a good amount of local uh, vendors and artists, yeah. but there was a lot of people out of state because they were coming from like Florida because they were used to the Supercon there, and they they probably so they have kind of a brand loyalty, yeah. so they would just go to this. There were a few people that were from South. That's cool. And I had I think it was a ten and a half hour drive to and get there. Did, did you do it all on? Uh, Thursday night I left at night because I like night driving better. Yeah, I know. There's that. less people. Um, and then I, I got into, I think Virginia and took a nap at a rest stop, got up, uh, three hours later and drove the rest of the way. And then Friday or not Friday, uh, Sunday packed everything up, stopped and got food, then hit the road. And I drove the entire length. Yeah. Didn't intend to cause I, I got lost while I was driving and I accidentally spilled water over my phone, and, and it is... fried my phone completely. So I I got lost in the middle of West Virginia, got a ticket. This is where you got the ticket. In West Virginia, yeah. because um, I was trying to clean up all the, the water spillage that fried my phone. While you're driving at the same time. While I was driving, and I was lost in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I had no map. My phone didn't work, uh, so I just was like, I think it was on 58 West. I was like, I'm just going to stay on this until I find something that looks important that goes north. Mm-hmm. So I did that. And then I uh, eventually you know, got somewhere where I knew where I was, which was like Tennessee area. And then I was like, I'm just going to drive till I find a rest stop and you know, take a nap. And I didn't find a rest stop until I got to like Cincinnati. And I was like, well, fuck. I might, it's two hours. I'm just going to go home at this point so yeah i did the entire drive in one go you are a beast when it comes to <laughs> driving long distance man. stubborn i'm just stubborn um, so i remember i was talking to you like on the phone and stuff and it just 
aside from the convention being a, a positive convention to the ticket, the one thing that you really were really excited about was where you were staying at. Yeah, yeah. I was staying at a ta- town called, I think it's pronounced Saxapaw, uh, North Carolina, which was like 45 minutes away from, from the convention center. And it was like this tiny little farming community that I found on Airbnb, which are like, that's kind of the cool thing about Airbnb is you can you can find these weird off the beaten path places. Yeah, and you can you're almost kind of buying an experience more than you would a bed at a, a bed or like a hotel. You're not going to really get any kind of culture or experience no. from a fucking hotel. They're all the same. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, it was it was this 37 acre farm that I was staying on in Saxopaw, um, and they had like uh, mules, pigs chickens turkeys and quail i was staying in a bus yeah you showed me the pictures, <laughs> um, showed me the pictures. yeah i was, was this this cool. woman who who owned this farm um there's she's got a bunch of listings on airbnb so she's got like your basic campgrounds those were the cheapest where you would probably have to have your own tent though have your own tent though yeah, yeah. or you know sleep in your car or whatever uh she had two buses a small one and a large one i stayed in the small one she had a tent like a really nice tent that was built that had like a queen size bed in it um and she had two tree houses that you could stay in. she had tree houses she had tree houses you never told me that but you needed like a tent for the tree houses as well because they had open windows and stuff or you know a sleeping bag which i don't have okay so i stayed in the in the bus which had uh, i think it was a queen size bed as well um and there was electricity quote unquote in there because like a crank no, no, no. Um, the bus was next to a barn, and she just strung an electrical cord in there. Dude, whatever. Works. With, like, a power strip on it, yeah. so you could charge your phone. There was a fan. There was a light. Uh, so it was pretty cool. It was, like, camping, basically. You were... You were it sounds like it's mostly camping, but it seems like you were glamping. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. They had a shower, too, which was pretty cool. Wow. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's pretty cool. In the town... Uh, there was like this this little bend in the road, and 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 there was a strip that had like it was a convenience store, gas station, a artist co-op, yeah, weird, a butcher shop, and a pub, and the convenience store had like a kitchen in it. So I was going there every morning to get breakfast, and like I don't eat meat a lot, if really. It's rare. You say it's only on special occasions. Special occasions. Special occasions. uh, First day, I got some biscuits and gravy, which the pig from the the sausage came from the farm that I was staying on. Oh, wow. Um, Then the rest of the week, I got just omelets and stuff. uh, You said it was very good. So good. And the the pub was called the Eddie, I believe. I had a veggie burger there and fries and uh, shrubs to drink, which is like a drinking vinegar. Yeah. With crushed blueberries in it. Shrubs are usually the main purpose is to make a mixed drink, and you're yeah. just drinking it straight. From yeah, the yeah, that's that's what they offered it as as well. Um, but I was talking to the the bartender there, and he said like eighty percent of the menu there and at the co- the convenience store was from the farms on that street. Wow, that's awesome. So everything was local, and it was like the best food I've ever had. Harvest local, and it was in the middle of nowhere. That's awesome. It was awesome. I felt like I was living an Anthony Bourdain episode or something. Like it was crazy. <laughs> I loved it. I would go back just for that. So, um, excluding the parking ticket, <laughs> yeah, and like maybe 
uh, taking in the the way the convention was held, the, the space, the price, the money you made, are you is that on your list for 2018? I don't know. Just maybe a little too far for what it's worth. No, 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 no. It's not that. It was the because first year cons, which I didn't know. First off, first year cons have the they're either going to be like the most amazing show or just kind of subpar. And this one was a little bit subpar. It was just it was missing some elements to it. That said, I I I made some pretty solid friends out of it. Um, it's Namel Pin here. Yeah. Bought that from a fella there. Yeah. He's a super cool dude. I, I sent you his information about talking to him, hopefully on this show at some point. Yeah, and you, you know, I was thinking about it with further down the road when, because we're doing a lot of local people that we've came with networking connections and stuff. When it starts to become out of the state, we'll just Skype with them. And yeah, exactly. Just do like a Skype channel and yeah. figure that out. Been there, done that. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I got invited to do another con in Las Vegas. Because that's that's so close. Yeah, which I, I might do. It sounds kind of fun. It was a like LGBTQ comic convention. But she liked my stuff because I got like some Rocky Horror, some Hedwig, um, the new Wonder Woman piece. Like she yeah. really dug that. She's like, you've got all these like Iconic. strong, powerful like women and figures and stuff that appeals to that community that I was like, I didn't even... I didn't even think about that. Oh yeah, <laughs> but yeah, she was into it. Um, so I, I might do it. I'm I just like how someone from Vegas who's putting in a Vegas is in North Carolina. Yeah, like the opposite. Of I don't know, man. The U.S. It's weird. That's crazy, man. It's it's weird how that stuff kind of works out, though. That you just meet people at conventions, and yeah, they're kind of with you for a long time. That's you know? true. You and I. Yeah. <laughs> at a convention. Yeah. It's it's bizarre. What else is new with you? Oh, man. Just prepping for September. Because I got three cons in September. Which ones are those? Uh, Indiana Horror Hound Weekend. It's a horror con. Yeah, you showed me something. You want to talk about that at all? Or? I mean, I'm just doing a Friday the 13th piece. I'm just all. doing a Friday the 13th <laughs> piece. I'm just doing a Friday the 13th piece. As, as you have a huge, beautiful Friday the 13th yeah. tattoo on your arm. I'm just doing a Friday the 13th piece. Well, I mean, you can't. I have to, right? I got it on the arm. I gotta. You can't be fronting, man. No, but it, I, <laughs> you, you showed me a preview of it, and yeah. I, I thought it was really well done. So far, yeah. I, I haven't even uh, cleaned it up yet or anything. So that's just I threw that together quickly in about I don't know thirty minutes. Got it to a point where I was like, okay, I can work with that. You just start comping out the composition. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, it looks good. Yeah, I'm happy with it. I. It's it sucks when you have an image in your brain, and then you throw it out there, and it doesn't look like the way it is in your brain, and you I can't mean, really figure out why or how. It happens to me almost every week. Right. <laughs> um, so it's good when when you got it in your head, and you're like, "That's it." But that's, that's what I wanted. For me as a professionist, if I can't get it out, I either will stick on it and not move on. Yeah. Or revise it completely. Or revise it completely, or just like, like. I just will be like thinking about it till like I finally figure it out, and it usually takes up more time than I probably should have. (laughs) Yeah, I do it that way. I usually like design it, edit it completely. Yeah, hate it. 
yeah. scrap it, start over again, yeah, and exactly. just learn from the mistake I made the first time. Find some elements it. that you might have liked, yeah. bring them back in. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm the same way. Yeah. So you got you got Indie Horror Hound. What else? Oh, uh, Baltimore. Baltimore, another far. Baltimore Comic Con, which is a, is a huge show. That's like the fifth largest con in, in the country. And when's that? Uh, it's mid-September. I don't know the dates off the top of my head. But you can find them on aerosolpro.com. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. And uh, the end of the month, I have Lexington Scarefest in Kentucky. So have you been two to... Two horror cons and a comic con. Have you been to the Kentucky one? I've not. No. Uh, of all three of those, I've not done any of those. You've never done the any one? Horror Hound? Yeah. No. No. Table sold out too quickly last year, so I didn't get in. So it was a calculated move on my part to do the Cincinnati Horror Hound so that I would be on the list. Okay. And um, they, they send previous vendors first go. Yeah, it's a seniority kind of style. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so. I feel like that's how a lot of, like, how to get into a lot of conventions these days, some bigger ones. Yeah. Um, I'm excited about Baltimore. I am love that city. It's a cool city. You've been there before? Yeah. Yeah, me and the roommate did a road trip through there a few years ago. It's it's beautiful. Actually, it's funny is that, um, and we'll be talking about it down in this episode, is the, uh, the next guest we have actually... Um, graduated from Micah. Oh, so really? Kind of, yeah, so he knows he knows a little bit about Baltimore. Maybe you guys can talk about it next time. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. I'm actually on your. Uh, <laughs> You're on my website. I'm right on now. your website, so you got one click on your uh, analytics, my friend. Oh, good. Baltimore is September 22nd. So you have Horror Hound September 8th. You have Baltimore Comic Con September 22nd, and you have the Lexington Scarefest. September 29th. Yeah, and that that's it. For that's a now good. For I know, year. but that like month is that's a good. Stack that's a month. big month. Yeah, I'm I'm taking a leave from from the day job. Yeah, to do it for the whole month to to get that con ready, uh, and then I got the group show in October, first Friday October. Where at? Uh, Bloomington, Indiana. And what? And now is this a just a group show in general, or is this like a theme show? It's a themed show, and my phone is not turning on. But he sent me an email, so I'll get that stuff out. Now, is, is right? It's all Tim Burton stuff, right? Um, no, not necessarily. That's just kind of an example that he threw out that appealed to me quite a bit because I've done a lot of Tim Burton stuff in the past. And you enjoy his work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a group show October 6th in Bloomington called uh, Faint of Heart. At the Gather Shop. Okay. And the idea for it is to do stuff that's kind of like darkly poetic okay. kind of thing. Like like your so, Poe, uh, Lovecraft, Tim Burton, stuff like that. Stuff on the darker side, but in a, like a very poetic way. Yeah, is- yeah. Uh, so I'm taking that idea and completely uh, doing something that's uh, against the grain. Which is Pee Wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> um, Love it. Yeah, I'm Love doing it. a. I'm gonna do my actual very first complete design screen print poster. Nice. Yeah, with it, the help of you and Cathead, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna do a Pee Wee's Big Adventure poster. The um, it's funny, and I'm like, gonna try not to rip off Aaron's Camp Horn as much as possible. <laughs> <laughs> 
the the best part is like as you always say you know you like you add a little humor to your art yeah so that that is a perfect example of what's coming up <laughs> i've got a really solid idea in my head too that i i hope i can translate well um i'm gonna do i think i'm gonna get red french paper okay and do it on red um the background just gonna square it out probably two inch gutter maybe one inch gutter um so it's gonna be a white square with uh vintage bicycle ads yeah done in binday dot uh with him looking on with the binoculars <laughs> so the yeah. binoculars are gonna be red and his bow tie is gonna be red so it'll just be punched out yeah yeah and then the title is gonna be red as well just blocked out with black so it's just it's you need to use the background mm-hmm. color to pop some stuff on there yep. white and black or yeah yeah i want those gutters too so that's why i want to try red paper i dig yeah that'd be fun you might want to experiment on some like like smaller stuff first it's gonna be 16 by 20 so it's gonna be yeah the uh fairly like, small looking at like the white yeah white on red yeah, yeah. it's really hard to yeah i understand that completely you might have to do a few pulls or yeah um might want to get like some really like really high quality white i actually yeah that's a good idea i actually kind of want it to be a little transparent broken up um no like it doesn't have to be like a complete solid square okay like i want those kind of tatters okay in the sides yeah yeah um like an old vintage exactly exactly you'd see like in the back of like popular mechanics or something. yeah yeah that's exactly what i'm gonna do i'm just gonna take a collage of bicycles and put them behind him because he's looking for his bike the whole movie and the binoculars will yeah i'm pretty excited about it i actually have a ton of those magazines i'm sure i've given you a few you did probably. and <laughs> they all have bikes in them so yeah. if you need yeah i do need some resources i got some i got you yeah i got you so that's cool so you got you got a bunch of cons coming up mm-hmm. you got a solo show or not solo but a group, group show. show yeah you know it seems like you got a lot going on yeah and uh, a whole bunch of new work iheart and uh chris mcvillan are going to be in the show so. yeah and hopefully we two can. dudes i know and we hopefully we will be talking to them down the road on this. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They seem very some good people. Yeah, yeah. They seem really good. What about you? What you got going on? Um, I have been uh, recently. I moved. I was always a member at Cathead, and um, have we really described Cathead? On no, there I yet? should. Um, Cathead's the coolest place in Indy. Um, it's great. I love it there. Yeah, it's a co-op working printmaking shop so you can learn how to be a printmaker in whatever field if it's silk screening lino cut wood cut um and it supplies the material so you pay dues every month or you can just pay per day if you choose to and uh you can be a member and there's different tiers and those members the different tiers have access but you can go and majority of the time all you have to do is bring your own your own paper and they have shop screens, and they have inks, and they have all the facility to do anything that you want to do as a printmaker. Almost, you can almost do every facet of printmaking there. Yeah, yeah. The only thing they don't have is etching. Yeah, that's the only. They don't yeah. have an etching bath, and they they've been kicking it around. I think should say manual printmaking. Like yeah. they don't have like industrial. Yeah, this Epson is printers. When, and printers when we talk about printmaking, yeah. we th- we're talking about the old school ways. Like, you hand-do every print. Yes. 
So I've been a member there. I'm, I always like to talk. I'm member number one. Um, <laughs> uh, so I've been there since the start. And uh, I knew them ahead of time before they started Cathead and they were kicking this idea around. And I said, once it's open, I'm a member for life. So been a member for a year. They've been open for a year. And uh, I've always just been a member. So I'd always take my supplies, come and go, come like twice a week or so. And now they... Uh, they just offered me on the second floor of Cathead, there's some studio spaces they have built out. And uh, so I took a studio space up there and it's only like 10 by 10. And so I, I put a lot of my work in there. I put a lot of my prints in there. It's more, I don't want to call it storage because I go to Cathead often, like every other day, but it's like a little private, more private for me to silkscreen. If I want to silkscreen there, if I need more room, I have that entire space. So. That that's cats. I, I moved so the past like two weeks have been me moving paintings, moving some of my equipment, supplies. I mean it's not big, so like already when you walk in it's like a claustrophobic Sure. Um there's like a hall it's like a middle room. Like there's like every wall has something already against it. Yeah. And I've prints everywhere, I have all the prints I've <laughs> already up and down the walls and stuff and so like there's like a nice like I don't know five by three space of walking room in the middle mm. of the room, yeah. So I can like rotate my body. <laughs> um, <laughs> the funny thing about it is that you just took all of your like excess and test prints mm-hmm. from Cathead and brought them here. Yeah. And did you just take them all back to Cathead? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just keep. Re- I, you know, I. It's weird for me as like I I don't understand how my brain works but like i like to be real comfortable when i make work and i and that sounds real weird for me at least i think that's weird i don't know do you want like when you work do you you i mean when you first started yeah your studio was your trunk it was one of them yeah yeah like <laughs> yeah I, uh, actually we'll come back to that that's kind of fun yeah we're going to talk about studios and yeah stuff, so. um but like for for that you know like, when I work, I want to be comfortable. I want to feel like I can stay here for X amount of time. I always want to come back. I want that feeling of always coming back to it. And so I I got my studio in the basement. I built that out. And I did my, I did my stuff. And, like, that entire, like, four months of making that work, yeah. I felt great. And afterwards, I just felt like, well, I might need access to more things like Cat Head has. And larger I got, exposure units. Yeah, larger such, exposure yeah. unit. And yeah. also, like... My painting started to like take up some of the space, so I was like, off, being offered this. Maybe it, it's just somewhere to keep my painting. So when people do ask for, um, like you know, a, a look of my work and want to see some stuff ahead of time, which I've I've gotten before. Yeah. And when I was at the Murphy, that was very easy. It just was extremely, yeah. And here it's a little more awkward because it's my place where I live, and I don't really want people to know where I live. So being at having that at Cathead might be a little bit better for me. Like you know, like if anyone wants to see a private my, you know my private stash. Yeah. They can come to Cathead, which is a commercial space and not someone's basement. Also helpful because you've you've recently had some. We've had a lot of rain here. Yeah. And it's caused some some damage to yeah. some boxes, and it'd, it'd be a real piece of shit if it if it damaged a painting. Dude, my paintings were on the wood blocks that you built. <laughs> they were on the wood box leaning just against the Just to make sure, yeah. Yeah, just to make sure, because, yeah, so much rain has happened this summer where, like, the middle of my studio has literally had standing water so much. Like, yeah. I would say, like, uh, 
like a radius of like two feet. Yeah. Like consistently because it's been raining like every other day. Yeah. So then I have to like mop it up, put a dehumidifier. And that's just like, that's no fun. It's like when you want to come down and you're like, well, I'm going to start doing some underpainting stuff. And then you come and you want to roll your canvas on the ground, but you can't. Right. Because there's fucking water everywhere. Yeah. So it's. It's a good situation. Yeah. I mean, I still want to, I'm still going to probably do a lot of the larger printing still probably when it fall comes in the basement and stuff. Yeah. Like, I still want to work in my basement right now, which was kind of hard. Like, as you can see, like, we're in the basement. Yeah. Um, a little inside baseball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have moved everything away from the middle of the room because I feel like it would just come into the middle. It just, and I've been trying to find out where... Well, you can lay down some cardboard and do some old-school breakdancing over there, too. Yeah, you know? You've got the yeah, space to do it. i got it. the space, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you got the moves to swing it. Uh, I don't know about that. I've I don't seen know. it. I've I don't know it. about that. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, that, that's like the good... That's the good part is I, I found, you know, I just had to pay a couple extra bucks to have a 10 by 10 where I can store all my work um, and my equipment. So, like, all my screens now, I can leave them there that's good because they've got the facilities to clean them yeah clean regularly them, too. yes and expose you know they, they supply the emulsion so i can always keep reusing them over and over again yeah. i bought some new screens dry some stuff overnight yeah what have perfect you. So yeah, it's, it's great and that i love it there that place has uh such a good feel to it it does it feels like uh, uh, like i don't know i feel like it's like an old school artist's studio and you you go in there and yeah. it's like when you go in there it's not goofing off it's it's time to work yeah and it's i haven't done much there like i've been there with you a few times i've been there with epion yeah uh just helping him out and stuff but it every time i'm there i i get excited to go there yeah because it's it's a great great little place and they got that the middle space gallery which is in front of it and uh yeah, I, I checked that out Friday for their first Friday show. It yeah. was pretty cool. They're starting to do a lot of um, good shows in there. Yeah. So I'm excited for them. Uh, on a, a down note, yeah. <laughs> on a down note, um, I applied for this contest, uh, I'd say like a month ago, and it was um, a art dealer, would you say art rep, a very mm. famous art rep. Um, had a contest for uh, you to submit your artwork and uh, he would pick someone oh well, there's three places one pla- third place was like advice and social mm. media advice and how to get to the next level as an artist the second one was like a group show and the last one or the first place was a solo show and representation yeah so I applied as I submitted my work and everything, and um, I kind of, and this is like a lesson learned. Did you I put keep, a lot of stock in it. I put all stock in it. Yeah. So I was, I wasn't really doing much hustling for the past like two months or a month, month, and I was like, I'm putting my work in. It's I, I'm putting all the chips on red. Um, I did. I got declined. Yeah. So um, I found out over the weekend, last weekend, that. I wasn't accepted, and there's probably thousands of people that applied to this. Sure. Um, so, if I found, you know, the proposal on a call to artist site, probably a thousand other people did. Yeah. Um, so I would like to see who was some of the winners. They're probably fantastic. But yeah, I put all my chips in, and it, uh, after that, like, you know, I think 
I've learned through rejection too. Like I've been rejected multiple times and I've won things. I've won prizes. I've won money and I've placed in many things in the past. And like the rejection side, it's like, I don't get mad now. I probably did when I was younger or naive. Um, But it was like, okay, what, not even like, what did I do wrong? What did I like? Because I'm me and they probably have a different sense of what they want or what's best for them. So I understand that now. I think in my head, it's more, I learned not to put all my chips on one thing and to spread my thing. So then like right then, like the next week, I signed up for Sashi Art and I said, I got to sell my stuff online. Like I have my own store on the website. Yeah. But as you know, having a personal store, like it's mostly direct. Like you will have to get your website to someone's hands so they go on it. Yeah. They're not going to stumble on it because there's hundreds of thousands of different art sites out there. Yeah. So I was like, I need to go somewhere to also to sell my work that has a base. So I did, I, I find pretty, pretty large amount of paperwork and filling out a profile and stuff. It took like a day or two for me to do all this scanning things in W nines, scanning your driver's license, um, getting it like, successfully submitted. You just don't like, like legit. Yeah. Like couldn't be more legit. Yeah. <laughs> the most legit I've actually ever dealt with. Yeah. Uh, to a point like I had to send the ID in and then I had to wait to get approval to say okay now you're okay for the next step hmm. like the background check you so know? is this like a week long process this is like about three days okay um, and they got back to me real quick Sachi yeah. Art got back to me very quick like I'd submit the ID and maybe like four hours later approved and then you do your W9 and then they say okay now you're just your W9s approved then you have to connect either a PayPal if you want a check written or bank wire, account, bank, whatever. Yeah, yeah, so it was like step by step approvals, um, which was great. So um, I sounds s- easy too. Yeah, yeah, it's not approachable. That, yeah. yeah, it's not that complicated. I read a couple of reviews of artists saying like, "I can't believe I have to fill a W nine." It's like, well, then you don't do taxes, <laughs> um, right? Or or it's like you know, I don't get why they want me to scan my ID. It's like, well, because they want to make sure you are you because you're going to be selling artwork for a higher amount all around the world that's international so yeah. um actually for, how how does that site work then because I've, I've not really been around it like do you send them stuff and then they sell it or just as it sells as it sells so you're you post, shipping it as well so yeah there's some there's, okay there's a lot of things to it and i learned it so if anyone's ever interested in sashi art here's like the crash course so and i'm okay with it like as someone who's dealt with different galleries and different art shows and conventions i'm pretty cool with this is and hopefully it sells yeah um you don't have to pay a membership fee you don't have to pay like etsy like you know 20 cents to do a posting yeah you don't pay anything okay you put your work up there okay and it is a lot of you set the price you set the price but they take 35 percent commission that's a standard standard for a gallery yes yeah and for being a, a huge gallery online, it's probably the biggest online um, and most prestigious. So they take 35. So when you put in your full price, they'll say, this is how much you'll take. Here's our 35. And then the next thing is shipping and handling. Mm-hmm. So what happens is when you actually fill out, you got to upload the images. They tell you a correct format. They, um, they tell you to write a description because those keywords, SEO can help populate. Yeah. You want good keywords in our actual site. So if you're like a pop artist, 
you want to write pop art so in that category it will auto populate in that area filtering the one thing that i liked about it was that they have their own shipping company oh okay so they pay for shipping but that shipping is added on top of that price so if you're saying i have a 700 dollar painting okay then they take 35 percent mm -hmm. and then they show you your amount and then whatever size and weight because you have to put it all in yeah it will calculate their shipping and then they'll put that into the price too oh that's cool i like that and yeah. i like it too but the funny thing is when you go on sasha you might be like wow there's a lot of artwork but a lot of it's pretty high end like very expensive it's because there's that 35 percent. there's the shipping added there's the artist cut you know it adds up and then the only thing also that you have to keep in mind is your packaging um you have to wrap it. You have to pack it. And you want to pack it in a good way, too. They do recommend a certain way of packing it. Yeah. So that was, like, that's the only, like, kind of shaky side. But once you figure out, like, okay, I should put, you know, some kind of um, vellum or tracing paper around it so it doesn't stick, like a non-grease, put corners on, and then bubble wrap the shit out of it. Yeah. And then put it in a box and fill it with peanuts or whatnot and then pack it properly. Like, you're going to have to pack it properly. Because one, this, it's a painting, and yeah. it has value, and this person is paying, you know, a price for that. They're paying that value for it, so you should have it packed. So, like, what I did was I've I've basically calculated over the week. I did a lot of research on calculating how much wrapping, boxing, everything would be for each size of my paintings. Oh wow! And then I added that into my price. Okay. So even though I said this is how much I need to take for my painting, I would add thirty five percent on top of that. So I'd take my base, but also had like I think my thirty by forties like to handle it, like get everything good and stuff would cost about thirty bucks. So I added thirty extra bucks to okay. it. Okay, so like so, a three hundred dollar painting, you're adding ninety on top of it. Yeah, uh, an example. Yeah, you're adding ninety on top of it for the fees for their fee. Yeah, and then thirty on top of that. Thirty on top of that, but then yeah. the, whatever. Like let's say like you say, so oh, it's, like, it's like, ten four, pounds for twenty. Yeah, and, hey man. Hey, <laughs> yeah. But then, like, also on top of that is their shipping price, right? So they could say it's fifty bucks. So then it's four seventy. Okay. Sorry, yeah. stoners. No four twenty. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Um, okay. So, and then that's your price. Cool. So it's it's really cool. They also will do prints for you. But I'm as a printmaker, I want to print my own prints and just sell them as prints. Yeah, limited edition <laughs> yeah, yeah, prints. Yeah. But they'll actually print the prints there. Oh, like do like digital? Yeah, like do digital archive prints. Cool. So you can offer t digital archive prints for a lower price than the uh, original. So I've been uploading my work all week. Yeah. Estimating all the prices. I out. clicked around a little bit today yeah. on my phone, uh, which isn't the the correct way to do oh, web website stuff, but it looks good. Yeah, I like yeah. it. I like how it's all set up. I like the uh, the filtering system. I liked how to upload the work. I like it all. I mean, they even do a magazine, I think, every quarter mm. where they find, they call it the collection and they'll find things that they like. It's their favorite things. They'll put in the magazine and promote it. Their blog is really good on like how to sell as an artist or how to buy as a collector. That's cool. So I, I, I find it very legit. I mean, I've only been in it for like what? I've uploaded all my work yesterday. Yeah, like a couple days. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be time to see, you know, now. As, an art, as the other side, I'm going to probably have to promote it and yeah. push it and link it and stuff. Which and I think is a solid segue right now. Yeah? Because 
You don't have an Instagram. Yeah. You don't have a Facebook. I don't have anything. You have a website. I have a website. I have a really good website. It is very good. It is a very, very good website. I'm very proud of that website. Yeah. Uh, check check out uh, aobpodcast.wordpress.com because I put a link to it on there. No way. Yeah, you're linked. You built a website? I built a website. You do more. <laughs> Let's, get Let's get fun for a second. Yeah. You do more work than me on this thing so much, and I greatly appreciate it. <laughs> Okay. Like, I just pull it up. I mean, it's it's nothing special right now. It's just a template. Yeah, yeah. At yeah. this point, and there's a lot of stuff to do and add and change. But Absolutely. right now, it's sitting there, waiting for stuff to be put on it. <laughs> uh, I like uh, right when you go to homepage right now, and hopefully by the time this goes live, it won't say this. But it says nothing is found. Um, yeah, so the the first page is just going to be episode postings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like uh, this. We've got an about. We've got a contact page. Nice. I dig this. Uh, I dig and then this. the episodes will be like our RSS feed. Yeah, I click love that, it. Click that contact page. What's Uh-oh, that look contact. like on yours? Nice. Okay, yeah. So Basic contact. contact page just yeah. has, you know, put your name, your email, a website if you got it, and then what you want to say. Yeah, and we'll we'll probably discuss that stuff yeah. when people start to message us. Yeah, but that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. But yeah, yeah so, I built that in one night. Brian, you you built the WordPress, you've been editing, you know, all I've been doing is doing these talking points. They're great though. Doing the script. Now <laughs> Don't dodge the question. What's the question? You gonna get an Instagram and a Facebook and have to actually do the marketing for this thing? Because you you had one of each of those things, and then I went nuts. and it consumed you, <laughs> and, and now you stepped away from it. It didn't consume me to a point. It made me frustrated. It made me so frustrated. It was like a Jekyll and Hyde thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, but I like literally broke down in a social media, which it can do. I've been reading that that Art Inc. book and and she brings it up in that book of just like you don't focus on it so much. Yeah. Cuz it can it can take you away from your work. Oh, it did. It did. Yeah. And like I I I used it. I I took it as like almost a competition to a point. It's a comparing. Yeah, I piece. started comparing shit. And then I was doing the numbers, like, how does this fucker have <laughs> more followers than I do? And, you know, like, I was just, like, starting to judge people, and that's not me. That's not no. what I want to be. That's not me. I don't ever want to be that. So I went rogue, and I deleted everything. Which, um, which is good at the time. I think yeah. that, that was great. I think you had to do that. Yeah. Just step away for a minute. Well, I get. I don't think Facebook. I don't care for Facebook. I think Facebook is fucking horrible now. Um, yeah, I've got. I don't my, even have a personal, as you know. Like, yeah, I have a rogue one. My that, Instagram's attached to to all yeah. social media, so I just post to one and I post to everything, which is easier. Yeah, and Instagram. You know, here here's the funny thing. I would have an Instagram if someone could run it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> if someone could run it, if I could like be like, here, dude, like here's all the pictures and here's all the content, and I put like an Excel sheet together. There's a fine science to it. Yeah, and there like, really is. And then you like do all the hashtag and all the liking and all that, and I give you money, do it. But people charge like ridiculous amounts for this crap now. Like, yeah, it's PR. They, yeah, they yeah. call them social media specialists. Yeah, and I I respect them because I actually work with one that rocks. Yeah. And uh, and I know a few that are all are really good. But I mean, uh, what's the average? You have to post like three times a week 
or something like that's that's the bare minimum bare minimum for like us for yeah like a local yeah. business or yeah. something. for like high companies and stuff it's daily daily like more than daily sometimes twice yeah i mean like when you look at like content creators for like newspapers magazines online yeah. web i mean they're tweeting every uh, what half hour hour about yeah different posts that just got went live on their sites or retweeting other content that links to their content i mean there's it's strategy it's all strategy it's all trying to get people to click i mean that's that's the name of the game um, i think that's something we're definitely going to get into more in depth yeah in a later episode yeah most definitely because uh, there's people way better at it than we are well i'm not even <laughs> doing it now so okay, so I'm already better than you are. Yeah, I, I and I, I post maybe once a week. Yeah, I don't. Point. I don't. To be honest, right now, I don't think I'm gonna get anything. I just can't. Yeah. Because uh, I feel like instead of me putting a pencil to a paper or my screens to the canvas, I'll be putting my finger to the screen. And yeah, um, I, I'm not. I rather work on my work than work on my social media status. Yeah. I'm just like not into that anymore. Right. But I, I've always, I felt way better being off of it. I'll be honest. I felt way a thousand times better. I'm, I'm so bad at it that I actually, I forget to post most of the time. Well, the funny, the one thing that you said was the, you were like, I, I turned off my notifications. Yeah, I did. I did. So I don't see if people like any of my stuff. I don't see if they send you just me a post message. and let it go. Yep. That's smart. it's cool though, because then you know, late at night, you you go to bed and you just get a notification when you flick that on when you're yeah. about to go to sleep that says like fifty five likes. You're like, I did, I'm I'm pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of those little like three, yeah, every, four, every few hours. You know, I I I think I'm just gonna go on chat roulette and just show people your dick. Yeah, <laughs> with your I'm, art behind you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna go on chat roulette. I'm gonna hold a sign that says "Hello, Mr. Lee." Mm. and i'll have my pants down well the nice thing about that is you can just take a static image and just leave it up boom there. you don't even have to be let's there go yeah. live yeah let's go live <laughs> put it on twitch too yep it's just twitching it yeah, yeah just I twitching think... your dick <laughs> <laughs> yeah so with with the sashi art it, it's been it's i'm posting it i you know i'll keep updating you on that is it is it uh hello mr lee dot sachiart.com no it's i think it's sachiart.com slash mr lee i okay. think whatever I, it is we'll we'll yeah. get it and i'll add it to the the show notes on the website yeah yeah and then my last Which, yeah if if we bring oh. up anything that you're that you're interested in i'm i'm adding them to the website show notes cool you're um, making show notes yeah i take notes every time i'm editing you know i make a um i make talking points and yeah, yeah. But I, I bring that you uh, never fucking look at. No, I looked at them. So, uh, social media kind of left you in, you know, not you were focused on that. You weren't focused on work. No. And you, you felt, you felt like shit. Yeah. Because you weren't focusing on something that you actually loved and cared about. I was you focusing were, on other people. Everyone. Other people. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of feeling that thing a little bit recently. Uh, the the depression and the and the just it's not anxiety but just you know I my day job sucks I, I don't like it there and I'm I'm feeling invisible and like none of the work I do actually really matters that much which on the flip side uh, you know going to cons uh, being part of the the art scene as much as I can and and talking to people who create things makes me feel great and I I think that it has to do with the fact that I've got three conventions coming up 
nothing this month. Like, I feel like I'm spending all this time making. Yeah. And I don't get to be around those people and talk to those people and share with those people. Yeah. It makes me feel like I'm not doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't I, like that. And I, it's making me feel awful. Yeah. No, I know that exact feeling. When no. there, there's Conventions f- are the only places where I don't feel completely invisible. People are there to see your stuff. They they approach you and they tell you that they like your stuff and they like you. That that is that is so funny because I was the opposite on conventions. Yeah, I felt invisible. Yeah, um, but, but at art fairs, art fairs, I try to be invisible. Right. <laughs> As you can tell, I hide yeah. behind the tent. Yeah. Make other people do it. Like that last art fair, I made Runyon's girlfriend. <laughs> right. Right. She did a great job. She sold a ton. She um, did a great job. But yeah, no, I. Going back to what you're bringing up with social media, yeah, man, I was focusing on everyone else's work. Yeah. And when you focus on something that's not you or what you're really trying, your goals, mm-hmm. and I think that's a big thing when it comes to, to... Like, that's how I feel at work. I'm not focusing on my goals. Yeah. That place is just in the way for me to, to make a little bit of money and you know, yeah. maintain. I, I think, like, this is uh, not trying to get in deep into depression talk for myself. Yeah. I've been in it multiple times and one thing to either get out or like naturally mm-hmm. without any medication is goals yeah um and that is a big thing and uh you know setting goals for yourself and achieving them is probably like one of the biggest things to do especially for an artist like small start small yeah work, work yeah work don't large. be like yeah. don't be like okay I'm, I'm super depressed and i feel worthless i need um, to get my work into 1988 yeah, <laughs> like, I was gonna say like uh, like be like the next best thing, you know, like but yes, yeah, like you gotta start small. Like I'm gonna make a print or a painting a week. Yeah, that's a good way. Don't be like uh, nobody cares about me. I need to get into Fructose Magazine. Yeah, <laughs> like do small ones. Like I'm going to make something each week, and then like say like okay, I'm gonna do this for two months. So then you have eight paintings, mm-hmm. and during those eight. When she, those two week or those two months with those eight paintings, then you say, for this next two weeks, I'm going to look for a show. You know, either if it's a convention, an art fair, or some, or even even a boutique, yeah. or something, or so, coffee shop, coffee anywhere, shop. anywhere that'll take you. Yeah, and be like, I'm gonna show it there for the next month, and then you repeat, and then it'll get bigger, and then you could be like, okay, well now I want to make a full series of twenty paintings in three months. <clears throat> there's your goal you know you you can start building up and getting building yourself up better and not only is, is it you know setting goals and losing that feeling of self-worth or lose like you don't feel worth you feel worthless yeah you start to feel like there's something there you're starting to gain goals and having a meaning on why you're waking up every day and then from there not only are you doing that but you're getting better at your craft because every time you do it you get better at it so then by the time you're you feel like wow my stuff is looking really good because i just made like 40 paintings in the past six months and now like you have this huge stock and you're gonna start to push it better because people want your you know you want to be better than what you are now Every every artist is that way. I don't think I've met one artist that goes, "Yeah, I'm fine at where I am." <laughs> I don't think there's one art like every, every artist wants to get better. There's this sense of not even a perfection, but like a goal setting of like, I want my work to be as good as this. Yeah, and um, which is on the flip side is is the the problem that you saw with 
social media was that you were seeing too much work and saying, I want to be like this, or why are they like this? Yes. Why are they like this? How do they get to this? Which I, I actually, I had that um, with Epion, where it's like, we do the same medium. Who's that fucker? Well, he was on a, our previous two episodes. I don't remember that. Oh, yeah, well... <laughs> you haven't listened to the second part yet. Um, <laughs> but it was like... like I, I see him as, as a, a, a totem in the, mm-hmm. the stencil art kind of field and community. And it, it's something to strive to get to. But, you know, I'm always getting better. He's always getting better. So there's not actually a way you can really obtain his greatness you can only obtain yours and it took me a long time to be like i'm never going to be that i can only be me exactly and that's not easy to accept no it's not and with artists we're all perfectionists in some way and And we're all our own worst uh yeah critics and enemies you know so with doing that it's not even accepting it's more understanding Mm -hmm. i think then you can actually be better than what you thought you would be and then there's, and the funny, I definitely am. And then yeah. the funny thing is, there's going to be someone that sees your work and is going to do that. The right. same thing that you did, Which where you're like, we've both seen that. Yeah, yeah. So like, it's 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 a it's a it's a vicious circle. Yeah. But once you understand, I'm only going to better myself. I can't be someone else. You break that circle. I think then the only only way from the bottom is looking up and moving up. Like I mean. That's that's getting out of depression. That's getting out of this train thought, you know? Yeah, it it seems kind of cliche and, and overstated, but it's something that I learned during that brief time when I was going to like AA and NA, dealing with the drinking thing, was that whole one day at a time that actually makes total sense. Of like, you sense. can't you can't look back, you know, because those weren't the best of times, and you can't look forward because you can't you can't control that. No, you, you just got to be right where you are and deal with it and accept what you can and can't change. And it it, it makes total sense. It, it relates to a lot of things. Yeah. Like, I'm, as art, like, you can't be like, well, next week I'm going to make an amazing painting or be in the best gallery. You got to be like, today I got to get my ass in the studio. Yeah. And yeah. I have to put in X amount of work. Yeah. You got to treat it like a job. Yeah. Got to treat it like a job. See, you give me the talking points, I fucking look at them, and then I segue that shit naturally, son. Naturally. Coming at me, talking about what I don't do. Oh my god, you're a fucking bitch. (laughs) I fucking hate you so much. I hate on your ass so much about these talking points. Oh yeah, so... This segue <laughs> goes into it. Like I, I wanted to talk about treating this like a job, or it is your job. And if if you're just making a hobby, that's fine. If whatever, how you want to take it, you take it that way. But like, if you're really wanting to take it to that step where it's like, I want to make income, I have a firm belief that you need to make it a part time job or a full time job. Like, you can't just. I I always say this to people is. I absolutely hate the word inspired. Well, I have to feel inspired oh, to yeah. put uh, paint to the brush. Or I have to, I'm like, no, you're just sitting your ass waiting for <laughs> for some moment that's never going to come. I think, like for me, with I'm moving into cat head and having this little space, I really have to take the time where I say, okay, I'm going to be there three times a week. And I've actually scheduled that out now. 
So I'm in there Tuesdays and Thursdays. After I get off of work, mm-hmm. I go there. And I spend three hours on Tuesday and Thursday. And then... Now, what what do you usually do those days? Is that just like sketching or so there's roughing mul- stuff out? There's multiple things. So um, it's either um, going through magazines and collecting imagery and actually... Um, what I do is I paste it into sketchbooks and write notes of it. Okay. Like, I like this typography. Yeah. I like this cartoon or illustration. Figuring things out, starting to... What is this? Let me put my... Oh, that's, that's my Pee Wee Herman post. Oh, there you yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, start to thumb things out. Yeah. Figure things out and coming up with concepts. Thanks for field notes, by the way. Those are excellent. Yeah. yeah. It's the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, for, like, on the field, like, really on the moment ideas and sketching things out. Um, but yeah, I, I paste items into the into my these I got these big sketchbooks now and I paste all this stuff, rip them out, put it if I like like patterns. Mm. I'm getting into a lot of like wallpaper patterns and patterns right now. So I have all these like wallpaper samples and I've been pasting like what if this was like two colors, there's a shadow or some kind of like inline into this pattern. And then also prepping the screens and mulching it, burning it, letting it dry. And just, I mean, like we discussed uh, the last time you and I had a, a one-on-one, just like exercises, like blending yeah. paints. And- you color, th- color like, yeah. Um, actually, it's funny. Uh, last week, I was doing a print, and I've been getting into a lot of overlays. And the overlay is putting um, transparent base, which is just, just like thinner, to thin out your acrylic paint or your acrylic inks for silk screening and making it opaque. Yeah. So then the bottom colors will show through. It's basically like hitting the multiply, but um, drop down, multiply in Photoshop. Yeah. I've been messing, I've been doing a lot of prints like that. And to, I wouldn't say master, but to understand or find the ratio of ink, pigment ink versus transparent base. A lot of trial and error. A lot of trial and error. So actually, mm. I was doing a lot of different prints. I was doing like five prints of like, you know, 50-50 and then 40-60 and 30-70 and really actually writing on the jars, like the oh. ratios so I could figure out which ones I liked. And then I finally figured it out. So now this week, when I get back in the studio, I know it's 70-30. You're going to apply it to a real thing. Now. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. apply it. So I did little ones. I did like five by five prints. Okay. Just to figure out what the the opaqueness of the transparency of the ink would look like on like and especially like I mess with a lot of di- diagonal lines. Mm. Like I, st- I I do bitmap dots and bende dots and stuff, but I've been doing a lot of lines now. Like okay. turn, treat, a treatment of putting a filter of lines through an image, like halftone. Yeah, basically yeah. with that, that creates a lot more white space than dots. So having less transparent base is, might be good. So it can add contrast and you can actually see through it. Mm-hmm. So just doing experiments, trying to map, do it. So when I pull out the real good paper. Yeah. The expensive stuff. And the canvas. <laughs> yeah. It's game time. And usually that's the weekends. Right. So I'll do, so just, you know, kind of messing with imageries, making notes, messing with inks, prepping screens. And then uh, one day on the weekend, either Saturday, Sunday, I spend like six hours, eight hours in the studio now. I jump into it, and I I already prepped. I did all my trials. I did all my uh, my progress notes, and got everything comped out. And it's time to yeah hit hit the field right. Mine and your your medium are very similar in the sense that there is a ton of pre production. Mm-hmm. Whereas like if you're oh yeah I don't know if you're well I guess oil painting there's just a lot of dry time so there's not much you can do there but like an acrylic painting. You can just add stuff to it. 
you know you can yeah you can mix and match and play with textures and stuff and with like stencils and screen printing like you once it's cut out or uh, an emulsion mm-hmm. when it goes on the paper that's got to be it yeah it's got to be ready uh so i've been doing the same thing recently where i've got those three shows and i this month is all about prep for one month worth of work but three shows in one month so i i'm i'm trying to get as much ready as i can i just showed you two things earlier i need to like i've got at least like seven things seven new pieces i want to get so, ready so with those seven new pieces yeah you're you're starting I mean, to make goals for them yeah yeah so every night for me uh even every if it's night every night right now every night is you know after work or before work uh you get a little wind up wind down kind of time of like i'm just gonna i'm gonna eat dinner i'm gonna watch a show or i'm gonna play some friday the 13th or some rocket league and uh, that's just my unwind time and then usually from about 10 o'clock to 2 in the morning, sometimes 3 in the morning, is uh, drawing and rendering and uh, working on stencils, which right now I'm still in the pre-cutting out stencils phases. I'm just drawing them and, and separating them out because I, I don't want to go to Kinko's every other day. So I'm just going to go with a massive print. Yeah, I'll just keep and, doing it. Yeah, just do like you know four or five. Which makes me feel like I'm not getting any work done because I haven't printed them out yet. You get and they're that just feeling. sitting on my computer. Yeah, you get that feeling. Done. Yeah, I I think that like as an artist to set these, it could be okay. And I I do believe this, which is kind of funny that you mentioned your work schedule. You got to do what makes you comfortable. You got to do what fits your lifestyle. Okay, so if you're a guy that like works all like nine to five, yeah, and you are exhausted after your job and the weekends are the only days you have and you're gonna like pull all-nighters like saturday or friday night saturday night there you go that's your thing you know i think that's my problem right now is i'm stretching myself a little too thin which in turn is making for less sleep and more irritation at work which is a big problem because no sleep yeah right i mean well that's i mean that's the thing you got to balance too that i'm really bad at doing is like i said i'm drawing to like three in the morning most nights and then I work at like nine to five. Jesus. Um, yeah. And it's just, I've got so much work, and I'm putting so much on top of me that it's. You, that's that's the whole goal thing, man. I think it's I, a you riff. Got, you know? you got to really plan out. Be like from here to here, like from Monday to Wednesday, I'll comp this out. You know. Yeah. And then Tuesday to Saturday or whatever, I'll do this and this, and then finally that one's done. Like, I remember doing that when I did my last series. I started off with the 30 by 40s. And I said, uh, I had four 30 by 40s. And I was like, I'm going to design them the first week. The next week, I will silk screen them. And I got those done. And then I did the 24 by 24. So there was five of them. And I said, I'll design those for a week and silk screen them. So it was like, prep, go, prep, go. And I broke it down. Finally, it was the big ones. I said, I'll design those for two weeks, yeah. and I'll silk screen for two weeks. You stayed on it, man. You knocked them out. You, like, it's persistent. With a, a little bit of time to spare. Too. I had two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and then that's when I, like, prime. I'm not primed them, but I coated them and inst- put backings on, like, installed the wires. And yeah. That stuff you can do very quickly, but... You I can think, do that while you're there sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> which I have. Yeah. And, you know, touching up, taking a brush and ink and touching up things that might have not came through or... 
you think something should be added. But yeah, like really coming up with those goals. And I, I really think there there needs to be a balance though. Whatever fits your lifestyle and balances and you feel comfortable, then you should really do it. But like literally get your butt in the studio. If you're saying, okay, I'm going to go Tuesdays and Thursdays and that's my time. I'm going to work three hours every week. But you like, it might be a Tuesday and you'd be like, well, I have nothing to do. So what? Still be in the studio. That's Treat it like it's a job. Treat it like you're actually being paid per hour. Treat it like it's it's your job, or treat it like some people treat like the gym. Yeah, like, I just gotta go. I gotta, I gotta work go out in. some stuff. Yeah. So you you get in there, and even if you don't got anything going, maybe whatever inspired, like going, you know, looking through items, looking at art, you know, reading about something, whatever is what how you start your process. Just get in there. You know, you shouldn't wait for inspiration. You should create the inspiration. You should really get in and just start doing it. Yeah, yeah. I it. I mean, inspiration can come from just fuck ups and exercises yeah. and fun oh, yeah. stuff like that. Just start messing around. If you're if you're a painter, just start doing small little color comps. And be like, well, you know what? That's something that that's, that's cool. You know, yeah. and then yeah. make it big. Put it on the canvas or something. Looking through imagery of someone that you really look up to or some some of the masters back in the day or something. And be like figuring out how their process was and just copying it and like trying something else like that is like that's how you get better is getting your butt in there every single time you schedule yourself and create goals you can't just be like well i really want to be a a really good artist i really want to be well known (laughs) yeah but i only wait for inspiration that's not gonna i just don't think that's gonna work no you gotta be consistent you gotta always be creating new stuff like that's how like all these artists like i will say one artist i look up to Highly, and I like his work. I liked his older work. It sounds like a band. Oh, I right, like right. the first album was the best. Yeah, which was Shepherd Fairy. Okay, yeah, yeah. I loved a lot of his older stuff, and his stuff now today I like. Um, it just doesn't really go with what I liked. I liked a lot of the old school punk rock. Um, his old gig posters yeah. and portraits. Oh my god, his portraits were awesome, and now they they feel a little bit. A little bit manufactured. Yeah. Nothing bad. It looks awesome. No, it looks great. He's got an awesome color scheme and like... He's created that color scheme. Oh, it's great. But it's... um, His old stuff had like... You you could tell he was like... It was handmade. Like he was like, I found a doily or something and I spray Spray painted through that. And he had all these cool textures that really lined up. And now it's like, I've created this doily. Yeah. And like, I've patented it yeah and i mean he's he's doing bigger stuff he's doing murals he's, he's got oh, he, the t-shirt that, company that's the thing is he's a mural a week now i think that guy he's is. not doing uh prints like he used to no. do and not like stencils like or now, stencils, now yeah. it's like a, a print shop is making the prints like yeah he used to his murals stuff. are fucking cool I, i've side story yeah. uh i used to live outside of detroit and i went and saw his show at Liberty Street Collective, I think that's mm. what it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, I still have photos from it, and it was amazing. And this was still the time where was he there? No, oh, no, that's too bad. Um, but what he did while he was at Detroit was—I look up to this guy. This guy's like one of my hugest influences. What he did, like, I mean, he did—he filled out entire gallery. I mean, that's the thing I was gonna get to is like this dude's work ethic is it's prolific every yeah. day. Yeah. You know, so I, I mean, I look up to that hardcore, even though maybe the subject matter or the manufacturing feeling is not what I aspire to. What he does, you know, and you should never throw this dude 
down. Like this guy is a workaholic. He has a passion. He comes up with ideas right on the spot. I mean, and he has so many opportunities to put them around the world. If it's on a t-shirt, a mural, canvas, gallery, whatever. When I went and stopped by Detroit and saw his stuff, he filled up a gallery. He did a lot of commissioned murals. He did one that was like the biggest mural in the U.S., at that time, I think someone beat it now, but I think he just did one that even beat his, be his own. Yeah, like yeah, this, on a, this past month or something. Yeah, he did. He did it on a parking garage complex, oh, and cool. it was gorgeous. And it hovered over like the area of Detroit, which is supposed to be like the mecca of arts in Detroit, which is starting to grow and kind of become yuppie now. Um, and then he did, you know, some illegal stuff. Like he went and put on some and that was the fun part like when i went there i was like okay i went to the gallery spent like an hour loved it took so many photos saw all his commissioned murals and then started just driving around the neighborhoods to see if you could find others and i did yeah yeah, i found like nine nice and um it was like a scavenger hunt for me i I enjoyed it i love it that's that's the beauty of like street art is but and then he did talks he did talks for the community and neighborhoods and stuff and and then people probably already know this that like once he did some of these murals that he wasn't supposed to, Detroit tried suing him. <laughs> oh, wow. Because, you know, they got to pay for their freaking streetlights because the fucking government can't pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because the city's bankrupt. Yeah. Um, and I love Detroit. I loved it. Um, yeah, he, I, I like his work ethic. I think that dude's like, I mean, if you're a full-time artist, I mean, a full-time should be like, you're in the studio every day. Yeah. And you shouldn't be twelve hour shifts. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, you shouldn't. You shouldn't be waiting for it to be creative. You should just be creative and just keep making. Like even if you don't like it. And there's a quote I've always fucking loved, and it was, "If you love it or if you hate it, you just gotta keep making it." I I always found that kind of funny. Is like making. There was one about Warhol, and I'll probably quote him once a fucking podcast. <laughs> is that? And I think it wasn't really him that said it. It was something about him. Keep making your work. I'm not gonna quote it for good, but he said, "Keep making your work. Keep making. Even if the people hate it or love it, just keep making." Yeah. And that stuck to me. And that stuck to me recently. Not forever, because I wasn't making. That stuck to me recently. It's like, keep making. So, like, even though I haven't made a new series, I'm actually starting to work on a new series. Got any, like, big idea? Or are you just, yeah. just kind of hammering it out? No, uh, the idea is the runs around mood swings. Okay. Um, All right. It's, po- it's positive and negative. It's day and light kind of style. It's going to be 50-50 feel. Um, it's basically the human condition of, um, how things trigger you, Mm. how things, um, can change you right off the bat, like happy to sad. Yeah. And I feel like in today's world and the human condition of how we live, um, with technology, with the mindset of today's people or the generation, I feel like moods just on and off now. And in a world of instant gratification and instant yes. sadness, it's right there. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, yeah. if you're happy, you're instant happy. Yeah. If you're sad, you're instant sad. And it's not, and like a lot of people, I feel like a huge percentage, you don't reflect on it and be like, why am I sad? You just show it. So, I, it's kind of going into that. I'm really doing like 50 50 feel. So, on a canvas, there'll be like two circles or it'll be a lot of masks. Mm. Uh, and that ma- like a physical mask to put on like I'll have like my textured layers and then I'll mask out a circle and silkscreen in that circle and mm. it'll be like light and day which I guess you kind of picked up that that idea and that technique from from those uh, gradient 
skull exercises yes. that you were doing, right? Yeah. So there you go. That's yes. that brings it around. It's like yeah. You, not the not the VHS Rising Sun though. I just did that because that's fucking up. Yeah, you just wanted to try it and see how it turned out. Yeah. But I mean that that framing and that layout yeah. of those prints, which were just exercises yeah. for you essentially, turned into an idea for a series. I mean, I've been trying to make a print a week. Yes. Yeah. So okay. that there you go. That I mean, that's a prime example. Yeah. Right and there. Working off and that working off that skull and then working off of a a few other prints I've done recently. I really like it. Like what I what kind of want to do is, and I think you might have saw it. Uh, I did a Roman. I found a source image of a Roman Greek statue. It was a circle of him, and it was clean. It was just I bitmapped it and did the lines through it, and then the next one next to it, I took I basically marqueed it and scrambled it up. Oh, cool, cool, cool. So it's it's like it's like derezzed. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, it's, it's like, like fractured. Yes. Yeah. I like that name, fractured. Yeah. And um, <laughs> and it, so it's like you're fine one time, and then like something triggered, and now you're just messed up. Like you're in you, pieces. yeah, you're in pieces. Yeah. And you 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 fill out my sentences very well. You get what I'm saying, and yeah. you say it properly so the humans can hear us and know what <laughs> I'm trying to say. Uh, we bounce off each other real well. I thought that's why we're doing this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think uh, setting goals. I think. Um, you know, setting, creating a schedule for you too. That's a goal too. Yeah, that really is a. That's goal actually schedule. where I'm at right now. Is I'm I'm still my goals are up in my head, and I need to put them on paper so I can look at them, know exactly where I'm at every day. Because right now I'm just like I need to do uh, these things, and maybe I'll get to them, maybe I won't. But you, I need to actually hammer them out. Are you someone that needs to write it down? large like on a board physically or like on a sticky note and stick it up and when you're done you rip it down or are you someone like are you a checklist dude like i'm a checklist you're a checklist guy yeah a little checklist uh typically the way mine works out is like i'll I'll look at a con i'll see you know who's going to be there see what kind of stuff would appeal to to the people that are going to see those people yeah and then i'm like okay i need to do i need to make these pieces that are new uh get those done and then those are print cut ready to go and then I make a separate list of like, uh, this is all of my my uh, finished stuff that I need to knock out uh, new new copies of, uh, restocking, and then you know X amount of these new pieces as well on top of it, which sucks because then you know once I'm like two weeks away or a week away from a con, on paper you look at it and you're like, okay, I need to do 50 paintings. <laughs> <laughs> Which with spray paint, fifty is not really that bad. For your your worth, uh, for for how you do it, I've seen you punch out fifty in two days. Which yeah, is yeah, remarkable. I mean, I, I saw you strung. But out. it's the same with screen printing. Like if you're doing prints yourself, if I do fifty prints. You could do fifty prints. If I did over one- two days. 25 and 25. There you go. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. I mean, to be honest, if it was a one layer, just yeah. black and white, yeah. like black on a white paper, I had 50 sheets I could do in a day. Yeah. I could. Yeah. It sounds, 50 is a big number, only on paper. With our medium. <laughs> yeah. 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 If you're, it was like, well, I'm a watercolorist and I'm doing 50 paintings in I'm two an weeks. oil painter. I have to do 50 paintings in two weeks. <laughs> you're like, fucked. You're, <laughs> you're fucked. You're going to get five. You're going to knock out five in two weeks, maybe. <laughs> One. Oh, right. Oh, if you're lucky. Yeah, if you're lucky, five. Yeah, it's, uh, unless it's just like painting the entire canvas like white. Yeah. Or like one color. And, like, or if you're doing like a, like a small like 10 by 10 yeah. canvas or something, you're like, I could do five of them. But if you're like, well, I'm an oil painter, that's hyper realism. Right. 
I, I'm going to get half of a painting done in two weeks. <laughs> the underpainting. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I I get that. And you get just creating goals and stuff, man, that's that's a big step. And when you do that, it should, like, it should start to come in place. I've got a slight uh, segue. You're saying pop in, pop out, nine to five, work somewhere. How much does the environment up? apply to that and how much does that appeal to you as uh, as uh, as the because uh, you just moved from from your basement studio location yeah. to a physical a little off-site, bit. yes off-site. small studio yeah. space now uh, this we're, we're we're two opposites i've been always in a studio off-site i envy that lifestyle of being able to go somewhere and do and something you've always worked in home so we yeah. have we have the pros and cons for both yeah um, I actually want to hear about your kind of studio story because I mine's uh, chaotic and weird, I, I, and I don't think I've actually heard your whole kind of. I mean, okay, so with me, I was you know I which we in, covered in the first episode. Yeah, I was in the Murphy, and I was in the Murphy for four years. Yeah. Um, before that, I worked in a garage, and then I did the Murphy, and then I came in my basement and worked here. And now I have, I still don't call it like a full studio. It's like more storage. And like when I'm at Cathead doing printmaking, I'll be there. But I still want to work in my basement at times. Like I really want to be in my butt in the basement. Why do you want to be in the basement? Okay, so present it's tense. Home. It's, it's home. It's, yeah. I, I, can, I can walk down here right away. You don't have to wear pants if you don't want to. I don't have to wear pants. <laughs> I probably don't have to wear pants at Cathead. Right. If no one's there. Sunday um, night. Yeah, Sunday night. <laughs> um, yeah, there's pros and cons to everything in a studio. It's what works for you. I mean, I, I, I recommend all artists to try it. Like, find a studio. If you if you have the money to do it, find a, a cheap studio and try it. Here's the, um, when I was at the Murphy, I can reflect on it and say it was probably not the best decision as an art, like as working as the artist, the gallery thing, smart decision yeah. as an artist, not because I would go in there. I would, I, I didn't create goals. I didn't, I didn't mess or do progress or comps or any kind of studies, any like, you know, comp studies or anything like that. I would just go in there and make work when I felt so like there was times where like I made a couple paintings and I was in there like twice a week or there was times where I didn't make shit and I walked in there once a month. For me, I think I still like to work at the house. I just I got to have like that situation like my thing is like where things are in the studio. So this is kind of going off topic, but where things are in the studio, I have to be comfortable. So if my table, like my silk screen table is in the center, which I like things centered in a room like in the middle of the room so I can walk around it. So I can mm-hmm. put a paper down or a canvas down. I can walk around. I just feel more comfortable like that. And like I want like, you know, a place where all my screens can lean against, you know, or like a place I can wash my screens out. Certain things like that. Uh, and my home kind of justifies it, but Cat Head is really top notch. And like really right now, I feel like I'm ready for success on making more work there. That's why I have that space. I didn't like, I really didn't like having, I don't like, well, one, you're paying money. That is a big con. Like you're paying money for that studio. Yeah. So either you got to sell work to pay it back, figure a way of making more money to pay it back, or you you make enough money where this is kind of like, or you can pay for it and it's whatever. In my situation, I have to sell work to pay for it. Especially with the Murphy. Murphy was quite more expensive than Cathead. 
so there's that where like your house is your house either you're paying a mortgage or you live there or you're paying rent because you live there yeah. there's a purpose why it's already a purpose if like you're a painter you're just drawing or you're doing certain things and then a room in the house is probably easy to have as a studio I mean, yeah. there's there's a the thing with like the Murphy or the Harrison Center, uh, where where there's that added benefit of it's almost like a sales tactic where Just like store like first Friday you, you open up your your studio, yeah, people can a Walk. see where they're. The stuff's made, That's which a is a pro. big selling point. It shows off that you know you're making it. It's handmade. You're a human being. This is how I work. This is how I do it. It's Come your business. It out. It's your it's storefront. It's your yeah. storefront. Yeah. Uh, so you've got essentially a storefront, uh, a venue yeah. on top of that. Uh, whereas, you know, you don't have that in your house unless you're no. living in an arts district and you can just like open up your garage and be like, check it out. There's fucking lemonade in the back. Yeah, it's, <laughs> that, that, that is Which is rare. 100% rare. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. Actually, uh, Kevin Thayer, that dude in New Orleans that, that bought my lower pond, he, he actually does have that. Oh, does in New he? Orleans, yeah. He lives in the art district and he just puts stuff out in his front yard and sells it first Fridays yeah the pro is you have a storefront and he's got a studio space too so it's like win 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 yeah 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 he's great (laughs) but the pro is like you have a storefront like when you have a studio off site you have a storefront you um, it's basically an HQ of business like if anyone asks like can I see your work you'd be like meet me at my studio yeah it's really nice Kind of awkward to say, meet me in my basement. This is where I live. You guys want to help me move a sofa? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you got a storefront where people can indicate, and people will know that afterwards. Once they start coming in, like especially if it's a highly trafficked art area and people do some kind of art walk or events or something, people are like, oh, that's the dude that does all the stencils. That's his studio. It's yeah. really cool. Check it out. And that's great to have a storefront as an artist. But you're paying money for it. You're paying extra money for it, so you really do have to sell and you really do have to push yourself as a business person. The con is get your ass in there. Sometimes there's people with that personality that will be like, I gotta get in. Mm-hmm. You know, today's Tuesday. Get in. But it's kind of where you're going. That's days. where I'm trying to get. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and then there's a lot of people who are like, "Well, I'm not only going to go in when I have to work." So that might be once a week or once a month, or maybe, you know, I knew artists that were in the same building as me who didn't go into their studio for like months. Um, actually, in Cathead, I think there's a few, there's one or two people that are in there once a month. Yeah, I mean, I get, you know, that's their prerogative. That's, yeah, that's what they do. If it's a home studio, then you can go down there anytime. That that's the really nice thing is like. Uh, it's 2 a.m. I can't sleep. It's the weekend or whatnot. I might as well make some work or something. You can just go down there. Yeah, I've done it's kinda, that a couple of times. Yeah, so. it's kind of hard to yeah. get the pants on <laughs> and then get in the car and then yeah. drive X amount yeah. of miles wherever it's located and get in there and start working. You know, it's there's there's that distance factor in there, but um, it's wherever works for you, seriously. Uh, but this is the first time I worked in. A house you've worked in it many times for many years kinda kinda <laughs> kinda when you first worked out of a car i always remember that no no that wasn't the first place that wasn't the first place no uh me and the guy that were were painting together uh he lived in a studio apartment which means it was very small uh your your bedroom was your living room yeah and there was like a kitchenette area and it had like this this arch that led into the kitchen and he had a bathroom so what we did was we we turned his kitchen into our spray room. Smart. We we just we taped it all off with plastic, and we made like a Dexter kill room. Yeah, everything was covered in plastic. Like we partitioned the kitchen out, so we got up on the ceiling, taped oh my God. 
a sheet of plastic to it so it wouldn't go past there, and we just made a box. And then we took a box fan, put it in the window with a... Uh, Ventilation. A filter yeah. behind it so particles wouldn't get stuck in the fan. And we would just turn that thing on blast, put a fan behind us, circulate the air through, and we just turned his studio apartment into a spray room. And we were doing cons then, too, so we would knock out 30, 40 <laughs> paintings uh, every couple of weeks. And the entire apartment smelled like spray paint. And it was awesome. <laughs> um, and then, you know, after he moved out, he found a new place. We kind of fell out. Uh, I started using my car. Your trunk. My trunk, which I, I drive a car that the seats fold down. So I would just lay a tarp down. And the tarp would go, you know, full down and then up against the walls of the car. And I just had uh, one of those plastic milk crates. Yeah full of uh, vinyl and one full of spray paint. So, you know, as you're driving around, it's shaking up that spray paint. You're good to go for that. Uh, and yeah, I would just I would just lay a vinyl down in my trunk, spray paint it out, sit it out a little bit, and you can't knock out as many because there's less space, obviously, in the truck of your car. I bet you everyone, I feel like you're in like a, like a parking lot of like a park or a school or something. I was. You people are like, <laughs> what the fuck is this dude doing? Yeah. Yeah, that At least you're not like kidnapping or anything. No. I, there was this big, giant, like, Frank Miller-esque Batman that I did that's on a huge canvas. Like I remember it. Uh, I did that in the park, because I couldn't... I had nowhere else to paint it, so I had to lay stencils out in the grass and just hit it out real quick. So that was interesting. And then I drove around with it in my trunk to... Because I had nowhere to store it, either. The painting was so big. So, so you, at, that, at, at that time in your life, your car was not only, like, your like your mobile <laughs> studio, but also your mobile or your full-time storage, too. Yeah. Yeah. You had it all. Yeah, I had all it all. One. I had everything. In, like, a two-by-four space. Yeah, it was Not weird. even that. It was weird. Like, two-by-two two or three. Oh, yeah. And, and, like, you know, I'm doing this in the winter, so I couldn't... Frozen I would either I'd either drive around with the windows down to air out the paintings or drive around with my paint mask on and the heater on. That is awesome. <laughs> Just looking like a weirdo. Like you're about to rob somebody. Yeah, it was it was a bizarre time in my life. And then eventually we got a townhouse which had a I was like, "Look, dude, you know, we're going to be roommates." You can we can live wherever it just has to have a garage. Yeah. So I turned the garage into a little bit of a spray area, but it was a townhouse. So it was a really tiny garage. Yeah. Uh, we did that for a year. Then we moved to a house. The house didn't have a garage, but it had like one of those like little mini barns. So I turned a mini Sh- barn shed yeah. into yeah into a spray room. And whatever kind of space. Yeah. You- now I got a house, and I'm, I'm my garage is my space to work Your in. Studio. I'm, I love it. It sucks when it's you know hot. Because it's not air conditioned or anything. Yeah. I've never worked in a space that's air conditioned. Yeah. Which you've you've done that quite a bit, ex- yeah. almost exclusively. Yeah. And I, I my envy stu- that. My yeah. <laughs> um, I, I I say don't like. I mean, it all depends. I, man. It's hard to do spray paint inside though. Yeah, it is. Know. It is, and that's the thing is depending. It all depends on what you, your medium is and what you do. Yeah. It all like, like printmaking. You need a lot of equipment. So, like, yeah. when I was in the Murphy, I didn't have all that equipment. I had bleh, a quarter of that equipment. So, like, everything was kind of makeshift or kind of half-assed in a way where I got it done, but then, like, the studio wasn't really providing that space. So, I kind of didn't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Being at Cathead, I have all amenities. So, 
I love being there because I have an exposure unit that's very big that can do it. You know, I have a washroom that's not an old shower from the 1920s. <laughs> right. You know? like, and a nice pressure washer, too. Yeah, which is pressure washer, you know. Industrial. Everything's yeah. industrial. Everything right? is. So, yeah. and print rack, where yeah. I used to lay it. Remember where I used to lay it all over the wooden floors everywhere in the studio? Uh, I bought some, like, plastic uh, shelving units, and that's where I... Put your stuff. stuff, yeah. So, like, I mean, it all depends. Like, if you're a painter, I, I feel like, you know, you could paint anywhere. If it's a studio. Charcoal drawing. Char- yeah. You can do that in your Cer- room. You yeah. know, certain things. Like, if you are a, um, if you're a pottery artist. Yeah. You're going to you need, need a kiln. kiln. you got a space. So, that is something you probably need um, an actual studio. For. I've actually, I've been to, to Epion and Katrina's place, and they, they actually, in their house, uh, Epion works in the basement. The basement's his spray area. He's got fans set up and a rudimentary, but still functional, (laughs) filtration system. And she's upstairs. Uh, She actually has her own little drawing nook. So she's got a space and a time and a place to be there and do it. Yeah. And there's like two drafting tables. So, I mean, she's got her own thing, too. And she's a charcoal drawer, so she's even got a space like designated to be. Yeah, it. I mean, it really all whatever fits your medium. The one thing is, I would say for any artist, in my personal opinion, is you should have your own space. It shouldn't be like a studio, and you don't want to be painting in your car. It sucks. Don't do it. Yeah, (laughs) it's functional, and you can get it done. And I think that that was mostly just like I need to be doing stuff all the time, and I don't have a space to do it. So fuck it. It's gonna be here. Yeah, I mean, you had a you you were given was it. What's that saying? You were given lemons, you made lemonade? Yeah. I was given lemons and I painted that shit gold. So. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> to quote atmosphere. Yeah. <laughs> but like I mean, I think you should have your own little space to make art. Like it shouldn't like it shouldn't be like, well, it's my studio and also my bedroom. People do that and I understand space is limited, money's limited. Sometimes it's not the best to be sleeping and huffing fumes at the same time. Right. Um, right. <laughs> having, having some kind of space, if it's a second bedroom, a garage, a finished, unfinished, whatever, basement, a little shed in the back, whatever, that, that's something that you can transform. I mean, the crazy thing is I've seen so many like cool photos of what people do with their studios, like on Pinterest. Or yeah. Like, I mean, your space down here, it's, it's yeah. cool. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, when I it's so funny because like when my I garage like, is shit. It's got tools and stuff in it, but I mean it's whatever. But it's also a work, a woodworking. Yeah, yeah, I've got I've got it partitioned out into like kind of three spaces really. Like there there there's tools for for making frames. I've got a wood cutting station so I can actually cut and manufacture the frames and. And then there's the the spray painting area as well. See, so it's pretty fun. See, Actually, my 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 friend uh, built two tables that are like coffee tables. Yeah. So I, I have them out in like an L formation. Yeah. I've got a metal chair there, and I've got my scroll saw and uh, jigsaw there with wood clamps. So I can just clamp them to that, cut everything out, brush it up, send it out. Uh, it's kind of cool. It's got a little manufacturing. But you layer. built the space for yeah. you. Yeah. To make it comfortable, I could use more lights. Every, dude, everyone, <laughs> I could use more lights down here. Yeah. Okay. Like you it's built it to make yourself comfortable. Yeah. And like, I you, love it. I love it there. I I like it down here. I yeah. like it down here. Um, and I like that. With, like, I probably would do the underpaintings down here. Additional like painting down here, and then if I need a silk screen, I'll do it. Cat head. You know, that's what. Which is still only like fifteen yeah. minutes away. So. 
but still creating the, those block times is yeah. essential and goals yeah. Jesus yeah. those goals so yeah I think, think that's, that's it yeah I think that's it you I know, think talk, we knocked out everything yeah talking about setting goals you know talking about you know a little bit of mental health and how to how to overcome that you know creating you know a space for yourself and studio wise and uh also making blocks where you put yourself in that studio and, and really keep to, making yeah keep, keep making keep making 100 percent. do you, you want to talk about uh brian yes absolutely so brian uh okay so uh, next episode like we always talk about it's uh every other week every other week we yeah. interview somebody um and so next week i'm really excited to introduce brian short he uh he's a painter he is a general manager at a local art store here so he'll give us the inside scoop on the yeah. running a business yeah running a business but also like the other side of the arts like there's the making of the arts but now there's like the selling <laughs> and producing supplies, of, yeah. yeah the supplies so we'll be talking about that and really smart on on the business side and then last but not least he's also the president of a non-profit organization here called primary colors which you've worked with uh, yes I, I, I guess i have indirectly yeah <laughs> yes but he will um he's gonna talk i want to get a little more in depth than that and uh you know he's how to start a 501c3 for the arts um what they kind of do how how you can start something if you're interested in that because like again we're not just talking about visual arts we're talking about all types of art so this is a really good example is you know, even uh, writing grants, which a lot of artists... Yeah, I, I actually need to know some stuff about that. Yeah, and like he... That's how they stay afloat, is writing all these grants um, and basically uh, taking th this money from different organizations and creating events, making gallery shows... Cross-promotions. Uh, cross yeah, so all that. this is one's going to be really informative, and I think Brian is probably the guy to talk to because yeah. he's on all these different platforms um he always has his hand in something and uh he he's pretty eccentric when he talks about some of this stuff so i'm really excited to hear from him yeah i am too i've i've only talked to him briefly here and there and he's he's a good dude i like him a lot he's, uh, yeah I, I, he's great yeah he's amazing yeah well that wraps it i'm jake lee brian aerosol see you next time good work yeah well good. done you feel good i always feel good now. all right cool <laughs> Hey gang, thanks for listening to the episode. If you like what you hear and you want to send us an email, you can do that at aobpodcast at gmail.com. That's aobpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can swing by the website, which is aobpodcast.wordpress.com. And that even has a form for you to send the email that way. There's also show notes on there. We would really like it if you would you know, rate and review the podcast on iTunes and we are on Google Play now. Once again and as always, thanks for listening.